was thinking the other day that it's been a long time since I did a sermon on the Old Testament. And I wanted to do one, so I went through the list of sermon suggestions that I have. And one of the suggestions on there was to talk about the plagues in Egypt and why the plagues happened in the first place. And since it's pretty complicated to explain why the plagues happened and all the all the different plagues that there were and the aftermath from it, I decided that it would be easier and kind of fun to just kind of do a whole series on the life of Moses. And so that's what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks is talking about Moses and who he was, his involvement with the plagues in Egypt, and kind of what took place after the plagues happened. So we are, of course, going to start at the beginning of Moses's life, talking about kind of his origin and the characteristics that we see in Moses. And my hope for today's sermon is that as we look at the characteristics that Moses displayed early on in his life, that it'll help show us why God chose for Moses to be the person that would lead the Israelites out of Egypt. So first, if you've never read the Bible before, or you have no idea what I'm talking about, let me give a little bit of background here. The book of Genesis ends with the Israelite Joseph sitting as second in command to the Pharaoh of Egypt. But time goes on for a while, and a new Pharaoh comes up who didn't know Joseph or his family, and he begins to worry about how many Israelites live in Egypt, and he's worried that they're going to cause an uprising. So to confront this fear that he has, he gives slave drivers charge over the Israelites and puts them to hard labor, essentially putting them into slavery. And yet that wasn't enough to quell his fears, so he takes it a step further and says that any males that are born to the Israelites are to be put to death. And in that time is when Moses is born. And Moses' mother, for fear of his life, puts him into a basket and sends him down the Nile River, where eventually he is found by the Pharaoh's daughter, who takes Moses as her own adopted son. And that's kind of where the story of Moses begins. That's, that's his origin story. But I want us to look through some of the beginning chapters in Exodus to see what kind of characteristics Moses displayed in his life. So we are going to start with Exodus chapter 2, beginning at verse 11. It says, One day, after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the Ron, Why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, What I did must have become known. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. Now a priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and fill the troughs to water their father's flock. 
Some shepherds came along and drove them away, but Moses got up and came to their rescue and watered their flock. So these are kind of the first events that we see Moses directly involved in after he has grown up. And through these events of him protecting these Hebrews that were being assaulted, as well as protecting these Midian girls who are being uh, driven away by these shepherds when they're trying to water their father's flock. In all three of these instances, what we have is Moses stepping in to defend the people who are the victims in these scenarios. Now, of course, in the first scenario, Moses does take it a bit too far, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But all of these instances show us that Moses had a very strong sense of justice. He was not somebody that could overlook what was happening in front of him. And it would have been very easy for him to do so. He could have easily turned a blind eye to the Hebrew man being assaulted by the Egyptian because it didn't affect Moses. Other than the fact that Moses was a Hebrew and that man was a Hebrew and he felt the kinship between him and that man, other than that, Moses had no connection to him. In fact, Moses was the Pharaoh's adopted daughter. He lived in a life of luxury and protection. It would have been so easy for him to disconnect from that man. But instead, he saw him as a fellow Hebrew and had to do something. Again, later, when he sees two Hebrews fighting with each other, he steps in to try to end the conflict that's happening. And when he sees the Midian girls being driven away, he steps into their defense. All of these instances, he's stepping in when it would have been so easy for him to turn a blind eye and say, this Hebrew man who's being assaulted and beaten, that doesn't affect me. I've been adopted into Pharaoh's household. And these two Hebrews who are fighting against each other, well, I don't want to butt in. I'll just let them sort it out. And these Midian girls, I'm not even from this place. I'm not from Midian. I'll just let them solve it. I'll stay out of it. Which it's so easy for any of us to have that same kind of mindset. In fact, it's so easy, it's got a name. It's called the bystander effect. Where if somebody's in trouble and needs help, that we automatically assume that somebody else is going to take care of it. Somebody more qualified than us. Somebody who knows what's going on. And so it ends up that nobody helps that person because everybody just thinks that somebody else is going to help them. And yet that is not the character that Moses showed. Moses was someone who said, there is an injustice taking place here and I need to do something. He was not satisfied to just let it go. And I think that that's one of the qualities that really drew him out into God's eye. Where God said, this person is going to represent me. This person is going to be used to free the people uh, from Egypt, to free the Israelites from Egypt. Because God saw that the Israelites were suffering and God was no longer going to step aside and let it happen. God was going to intervene because he would not allow that injustice to continue. And he wanted somebody with that same sense of justice. And if we want to have a characteristic similar to God, 
we need to have that same kind of sense of justice where we say, I'm going to step in and do something because somebody has to do something, and rather than passing it off to somebody else, I'm going to do something about it myself. Because there's really no excuse for inaction. Now, of course, you don't want to go kill somebody, and and you want to make sure that the way that you are stepping in is actually helpful and be wise in that. And again, I'll get more to that in a little bit. But we never want to take it to the other extreme and say it's not my problem and excuse our inaction. Moses had a strong sense of justice. Let's look what other characteristics we can see in Moses. Moses also displayed throughout his life a humble character. And I think this is most evident when Moses is then speaking to God, who is speaking to him from a burning bush. And that passage is in Exodus chapter 3, starting at verse 4. It says, When the Lord saw that Moses had gone over to look at the burning bush, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? I love Moses' responses here. Where at first, when he realizes that God is talking to him, he hides his face, afraid to look at God in all of his glory. And when God tells him that he's going to use Moses to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt, his response is, who am I that I should go? What, what's special about me? Why out of anyone you could pick, why, why would you think of picking me? I'm nothing special. He hid his face and he asked, who am I? He did not step up and say, all right. This is, this is my reason for living. This is my purpose. Yes, you've got it right, God. I'm the man for the job. He didn't brag about how great he was. He had humility in this moment. And really, he had a lot that he could have bragged on. He could have said, oh, it all makes sense now. I was born as this destiny child. That's why I survived after all the other boys being born at that time were being killed 
They were all killed, but I survived because God's special favor was upon me. And when I was put into that basket and, and left down the Nile, who defined me but the Pharaoh's daughter so I could be raised in this royal palace? And even after I made a mistake, I killed someone, I was still able to escape from Pharaoh's hand. And when I came to this land of Midian, I was almost immediately given the priest's daughter in marriage. And now you are speaking to me directly, God. It all makes sense now. I have come from greatness to fulfill a glorious destiny. And yet that is not at all the kind of attitude that he had. Instead, he shields his face, humbling himself before God, asking, Who am I? He had a lot he could have bragged about, but he didn't. He remained humble. And Jesus even warns against thinking more highly than yourself than you ought to. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus talks about someone holding a banquet and you don't want to take the highest place of honor because if somebody more important than you shows up, then you're going to be asked to sit down in a different spot and you'll be humiliated before everyone. But instead, you should take a lowly place and then if anything, you're going to be asked to move up. You're going to have someone say, no, you're better than that. You deserve to be up here. But instead of saying, I belong in this place of recognition, you say, who am I? Why should I receive any kind of special recognition? And not to do so in a way where you think you're worthless, but in a way where you recognize that you are no better than anyone else. And that is the attitude that Moses is showing here. Who am I that out of everyone you would pick me? He doesn't place himself on a pedestal, and we shouldn't either. We should not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. We shouldn't give ourselves too much credit. But I think that these characteristics that we see in Moses's life, before any of the miraculous signs and wonders, these characteristics of a strong sense of justice and displays of humility, I think is why God chose Moses to lead his people out of Israel. And yet, Moses was not perfect and these strengths that he had were also his greatest weaknesses. As we've already talked about, Moses and his desire to protect that Hebrew man that was being beaten went too far and took the life of the Egyptian who was there. His sense of justice turned into murderous intent. And if we look further on in scripture, we can see that the humility that he had developed into another weakness of cowardice. In Exodus chapter 4, when God finishes calling Moses 
to free his people. We get his response starting at verse 10. It says, Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. But Moses said, Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. Moses had let his humility develop too far the wrong direction. To a place where he had no self-esteem. He thought too little of himself. And even when God was calling him into greatness, Moses asked him to pick someone else. God, you've got it wrong. Please don't pick me. Please don't send me. I'm worthless. I can't do this. Instead of trusting God to see him through it. His justice turned to murder. His humility to cowardice. And that doesn't mean that the justice and humility that he had were bad. They were gifts that God had given to him that he would use for wondrous things. But Moses took the gifts that God had given to him. And in times of weakness, he misused those gifts. And I think that's true for all of us. God has made all of us uniquely. He's given us different gifts. I was talking about that last week. And God desires that we put those gifts to work for his kingdom. But if we aren't careful in letting God guide us in those gifts, then it's possible that those greatest gifts that we have can become our greatest hindrances and actually become a danger to ourselves and those around us. Some of the most useful things can be the most dangerous. Think of a really, really big knife. Knives are very useful. Doing any kind of cooking would be very difficult if you didn't have knives. But even though knives can be useful tools, they can also be dangerous weapons, if not in the right hands. And so the gifts that God has given to us, we want to make sure that we aren't letting those gifts run away with us. That the characteristics that God has given to us, that we keep them in a tight rein, not through our own power, but by, again, giving those things back to God and letting him direct us in how we can use those things. And if we do that, then just as God was able to use Moses, God will be able to use us as well. And Moses is one of those huge names in the Bible. Right up there with Abraham and Joseph and Paul, there's Moses, the father of Israel. And yet, when we look at his life, we can see he was not perfect. Moses 
With all the strengths that he had, those same strengths became great weaknesses. And yet, despite how flawed Moses was, God was still able to use him for incredible things. And that's the message that I want us to see from the beginning of Moses' life. That even though he was flawed, God was still able to use him. You don't have to be perfect to be used by God. God isn't waiting for you to sort out all of your life on your own so that he can then use you for miraculous things. God is saying, come to me broken. I will help put you back together. I will lead you through this process into a place far greater down the road than where you are now. You don't have to be perfect for God to use you. In fact, if that was the case, God wouldn't use anyone because none of us are perfect. We are all flawed. But just like Moses, he was flawed. God used him. The same applies to us. We are all flawed. But all God asks is that we are obedient to his call on our life. And as long as we obey him, he will do wondrous things through us. And until next time, that has been another Sermon in the Pocket. I hope that you enjoyed the first part of this series and that you'll come back and enjoy the rest of it with me. As always, if you have any comments or questions about things I've talked about, feel free to contact me. You can do so either through the Sermon in the Pocket Facebook page, or you can email me directly at sermoninthepocket at gmail.com. And I encourage you to share this message with friends and family to help get the message out there. But until next time, thank you for taking the time to listen, and I pray that God will bless you as you go throughout your day. Thank you.